Great to see each of you. I'm going to invite you to take your bulletin. On the back of your bulletin, you're going to see the outline for today, and you're thinking, wow, not much of an outline, preacher. On purpose, my friends, on purpose. There's a lot, lot of stuff that I wanted to write for you, but, but here's, what I, here's the temptation of an outline is writing what I think you need to hear and then you writing what God wants you to hear, okay? And so today, you have an open blank sheet to write whatever he speaks to you today, okay? We're going to look at uh, the messages t- entitled The Invitation. And the invitation is an interesting word in and of itself. Many of us grew up in church. Many of us do not grow up in church and didn't grow up in church. Some grew up in a Baptist church. Some did not grow up in a Baptist church. Some grew up in Methodist church, Catholic church, uh, Assembly of God, Presbyterian, uh, Methodist. I mean, we've, this, this place is a, a, a beautiful caveat of different uh, religious backgrounds and everything. And that's the beauty of it because this is just a little bit of what heaven's going to be like. Okay, there's not a Baptist heaven and a Methodist heaven and a Church of Christ heaven. And, you know, sorry if that's how you've been taught, there's one heaven, amen. And all of his kids will be there praising him. So um, you better get acquainted here. You know, this is just practice for the real game. So, uh, so one of the things that you see in church is um, towards the end of our worship service, there's a time of invitation, okay? And I've had many people over the course of, almost five years now, come to me and say, so when do you, when do we come forward or when do we do this? And I said, well, during the invitation time, okay, towards the end. Now, understand something, um, that's when you, that's when the service itself has a, a designated time for decision making, okay, but decisions led by the Holy Spirit of God when he speaks to you can be made at any time during this worship service, my friends, anytime, okay, not just during the invitation time. So what I want to do today is I want to walk you through the invitation. What is the invitation? Where do we get the word invitation? How does the invitation work? What do you do during invitation? All these other questions, and every bit of it can be answered in John chapter 5, okay? This is where invitation happens right here. This is probably the first invitation, if so to speak, okay? I want you to turn to John chapter 5. Begin verse 1, follow with me as I read, John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the feast of the Jews. Now there in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. And he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat, and he walked. Now, people say, tell me about invitation. That's it. That's invitation. Look what he says. Great question. John chapter 5, 6. 
do you want to get well? That's it. That's the question of invitation. That's the question for all of us throughout our lives, throughout church, throughout the worship, throughout the message, all of that. There is no doubt in my mind that every single Sunday at this church, through the worship and through the preaching of the word, the presence of the Lord is in this house and that his Holy Spirit is speaking. No doubt. I mean, I never leave here thinking, well, that was a dud. Never. Every time I know he's in the house, his presence and his Holy Spirit, and I know he's speaking. And I'm going to tell you what he's saying. Do you want to get well? That's what he's saying. Do you want to get well? To every one of us. Boy, there's a catch there. Big time. Because what what we want to say is, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I made it last week. I'll make it this week. This is just all, I mean, this is is how it is. It's just going to be this way, and I just have to cowboy up and suck it up, and I'll be all right. I'll be all right. (laughs) It doesn't sound like victory, does it? I think Jesus rose to give us what? Victory. To conquer sin and death. To conquer that. Man, that tomb is empty. He didn't want his kids going, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. I mean, I can't walk, but I'm all right. I can at least feed myself, right? I mean, that's not what he's after. The question was simply, do you want to get well? The question is asked every time we meet, every time we meet. I make this statement a lot that the desire of my heart is that we walk out different than we walk in. You heard me say that. That is the desire. That you and I together walk out different than we walked in. That man, that invalid, been laying there 38 years. 38 years. See, the customary is, the belief was, when the pool began to stir, first one in, healed. Well, man, if you can't walk, you can't get in a big hurry, all right? You just can't move fast. So somebody always beat him in there, always. And Jesus simply looked at him and said, do you want to get well? You see, my friends, if we're going to walk out different than we walked in, we got to say yes to that question every week. Because we walk in and we don't know it, but we're sick. See, every one of y'all walked in thinking, I feel pretty good. The flu's been running rampant through my house, but we're finally all well. You physically well, but all of us, all of us, Jeff included, have a spiritual sickness somewhere. I mean, if we're not Jesus himself, we're sick. Amen? I mean, there's some area of our life that he wants to speak into and make us well. And if we come in thinking, I'm good, I'm good. I'm just going to sing a little bit, make Paxton happy, and then I'm going to say a couple of amens for Jeff because he's, he's a pretty nice guy and everything. And then we're going to be done. It, that's not it, folks. You've got to walk in knowing that you're walking into the presence of the king, and he wants to touch you and make you well if you will let him. See, here's the problem 
I want you to look at verse 6. Verse 6 is the American handicap. No, 7, okay? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Out in the margin of your Bible, you just simply write, how? You see what keeps us from getting well is we have to figure out from God before we say yes, how are you going to do it? Do you want to get well? Well, yes, but how, how, how are you going to do that, God? Uh, excuse me, I'm God, you're not. Do you, the question is from me. Do you want to get well? I don't need the how to this. I need to know yes or no. If you tell me no, the how's irrelevant. If you tell me yes, then you'll never know the how. You're just going to get to experience the how. I don't need you to help me do the how. See, too many of us in church, we come in here, God speaks, we hear him, and we go, yeah, I know you're wanting me to do, I know, I know to give this up. I know I need to do that. I know, I know, the, I know, I know, but, but how, I don't know how to do it. I've been like this way for, I mean, this is who I am. It's my personality. I don't know how, I know, I know I'm rude at times. I know my mouth, I know, I, how are you going to do that? We, why you talk so much? Why are you talking so much? This man did not spend a whole bunch of time going, well, God, you know, look, I mean, I appreciate you, sweet, you nice guy and everything. But look, I've been here 38 years, and all I need you to do, I don't need you to talk to me a bunch. I just need you to throw my raunchy self in this pool when it's stirred. Can you do that? And he's like, dude, that's not how we're going to do it today. I, I appreciate your effort for 38 years, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results, and by now you should have clicked on and said, that ain't going to work. I mean, you're going to sit there for 39th birthday, 40th birthday, uh, 41st birthday, what are you going to do? It's not working, man. It's not working. Whatever you're doing, stop. It's not working. If God speaks to you, say Yes. He's simply saying, do you want to get well? Don't worry about how it's going to happen, what it looks like, what people are going to do, what are they going to think, what am I going to have to do to get it done? Don't worry about none of that. It's not up to you. The how is up to the king. And the king does not have to send out the game plan before he snaps the football. You just run when he gives it to you, amen? And too many of us are trying to psychoanalyze everything God tells us, reason it out, make it make sense, make sure we can explain it when someone asks us because, you know, if we're laid up on a pool for 38 years and all of a sudden we walk out with our mat, some dude's going to say, hey, man, I saw you at that pool. What happened to you? How'd you do this? Oh, I got to figure out the how because I don't know what to say. Jesus, that'd be enough. Can, Jesus, can you just say Jesus did it? God did that. It's a miracle. Well, what happened to you, man? God. God touched me, man. Well, man, you used to have a hard heart. You were, you were calloused and mean. What, what, what happened? Jesus. He changed me, man. I finally said, yes, my heart is nasty. I finally said, I want to get well. 
I've been trying forever to, to make my heart nicer, but it won't get nicer. It just gets worse. And if I'm hungry, it's real bad, right? And I just finally said, my heart's sick. I need heart surgery. God, you made my heart. Here you go. I want to get well. And I'm going to tell you, he'll make you a new heart. He'll make you a new heart. My mouth's nasty. What comes out of my mouth doesn't please me. I don't try to do it, and I don't say it, but it just comes out. What do I do? The Bible says you can't control your tongue. You better give it to the one who made your tongue. You need tongue surgery. And if he needs to take it out for a little bit and then plug it back in later when you figure out how to talk, he can do that too. Because Jesus said if your eye messes you up, pluck it out. If your hand sins, whack it off. And then when you're about ready to handle your hand again, he stick it back on you. Well, he can't do that. He's God. He told a dead man to get out of the tomb. He can get, out. He can get you a hand, all right? You limit God and you limit yourself. God can do that, but we don't ask because why? Because we're fine. We're not fine. Trust me, you wouldn't be here if you're fine. You're thinking, that's not why I came. Yeah, it is. Deep down inside, you know you need his presence, and that's why you're here. Now, I realize I just came to see people. I'm just curious who comes to your church. I just came to say hi to you. You can do that at Pakistan, right? You came here to have church, amen? Y'all tell John I gave him a plug today, all right? But, but here's the deal. You came here because you want to be in his presence. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. And when his presence is in the house, he is prevalent, and his Holy Spirit is here, and he can change you if you'll just say yes and get well. He doesn't want us to be an invalid. He wants us to be well. I want you to look at a couple other things. I say each week that obedience follows blessing. Do you need any other example of that? The Bible says you have not because you ask not. What keeps you from asking? Pride. Pride does. There's many of you in this place right here that, that, you're, that you're heavy laden, you're burdened, that you... you have stuff that weigh on you and you can't even begin to magnify the Lord out there because you're so heavy personally. There's, there's nothing. And, 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 and Jesus says, give it to me. Give it to me. Lay it down. Let me have it. But we continue to want to keep it. And what most of the time keeps us from asking is our pride. But we think we're, we're not, we, we, it, it's a sign of weakness. It's a sign that, that I'm not a real person. I'm not a real man if I, if I ask for help. In, in, in the coming weeks and, and months, um, you're going to see a little different invitation at our church. And I want you to get concerned. We're not going to do somersaults down the aisle or anything. But, but, but invitation here is going to look a little different, okay? It's going to be the same. It's going to look a little different. Most of the invitation that happens here at the church is Jeff down front and my sidekick Asher's been helping me over here, okay? Now, there's something that has evolved, which is fine, but but it's uncomfortable for me, okay? 99% of the church came since I've been the pastor. It's all you know. 
So you're more comfortable coming to me during invitation time, which I love you. I'm not chasing you off. I'm not going, well, he told me now he doesn't want to see me. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? I'm still going to be here. But what we're going to do is we're going to have some couples, probably about eight. We're going to rotate two, one on each side, so they'll each be here a month. And these couples doing invitation will join me up here. Now, these couples are not better than everybody in the church. They're not... Um, modern-day Jesus, and that's why they're here. They're people that I've chosen to, to represent uh, the body down here. And their sole job and responsibility on Sunday morning is simply for anybody that comes to them to just pray for them, to intercede, to make requests for them. Now, now, what that looks like is if, say, you are a couple and you've got a child that's gone astray, and you need prayer, but you've been walking this all by yourself. You don't want to walk this by yourself. You want someone to walk with you. That's what they do. You got surgery coming up, they'll pray over you, okay? You got a hurt in your family, you want prayer over your marriage, you want prayer over your family, you want prayer over your in-laws, you want prayer over your parents, you want prayer over your work, you want prayer over your job, you want prayer over direction, you want, you want any of that. You want healing? You come up here and they will intercede and agree with God and pray over you. And you say, well, what are you going to do, preacher? Well, I'm going to be right here, okay? Now, I want to be here for people that want to get saved, people that want to join the church. And if you want me to pray over you, I'll pray over you as well. But I hope that the body of Christ will begin to allow the body of Christ to be the body of Christ, Okay? We have some incredible things that are happening in our women and men's ministry where people are just laying hands on each other and praying over them and gathering around them and praying over them, and people are testifying about God's goodness in their lives. We need that to become a part of the whole body. And there's times that if, if, if I've got three families, and you've been here when four families have joined, if I'm waiting on three or four families to join the church and you're sitting back there and you know you need to be, you, God's saying, Please go forward and please have Jeff pray over you about this area. And you look down here and there's three or four people waiting to join the church and you go, he's busy. He's busy. I don't want to interrupt him. But the whole time, you're dying back there going, man, I just want someone to partner with me and agree with God with me. And I want somebody to pray over me, man. I need that. And you don't know, you don't have a place, you don't have an outlet for that. We want to provide that outlet, Okay. These couples that you're going to see up here are going to be that. You come. Now, you'll say, well, boy, that's going to take me a little while to get used to that. Well, if you need a little time to get used to praying, praying, I'll give you a little time to get used to the people praying, okay? But I I have a really good feeling that you're going to be able to get real comfortable with people praying in church, okay? I'll give you some time, but I, I have a lot of confidence in my church, okay? Now, I don't mean to make light of that, but that's all that's happening here, okay, is praying, okay? The priesthood of the believer, okay? It's the body. I mean, God using the body, God using people in the church, okay? And that's what we're going to see, okay? I'll still be here as well, but you're going to see that. Why are you going to see that? Because, my friend, when you get to be a church this size and as we continue to grow, there's not enough Jeff to go around. And I don't want to be your high priest. 
I don't want to be the only agent that can pray for you about things. I'm going to tell you something. You can pray and touch heaven just as much as I can pray and touch heaven, okay? So you don't need me to pray for you. My granddad and I used to have a discussion all the time, okay? And, and I'm saying, granddad, look, you can pray too, you know. Well, you know, you have better connection than I got. I'm like, dude, I am not at and I don't have a better connection than you got, okay? You're good. Just talk, okay? And so we talked about it all the time. But that's the same thing. I want us, and I'm going to tell you what that's going to do. That's going to really enhance worship and the power in the body of Christ. Because when you've got people praying for people and you know someone's riding along with you, okay, these people are not going to share that, okay? They're, they may ask you, are, you, are you comfortable with me sharing that with the pastor or would you like to, Okay? If, 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 if it needs to be shared at all, okay? If it's just prayer, they're just going to pray, okay? But we want people praying over other people. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of couples in this worship center on a given Sunday morning that could really use that, really use it. You could use it for your kids, man. You could use it for yourself. There's no perfect marriage, man. Melissa and I are married 20 years in May. Let me tell you, pastor, wife, pastor and pastor, wife, hey, we're man and female too, okay? Ain't no special anointing there. I mean, we're, it's still taking male and female and trying to make that happen. That's still an incredible, that's incredible, okay? God picked it. God picked it. I'm never going to say, God, you should have reevaluated that. But I'm going to tell you, that ain't always pretty, and I don't care what your profession is, okay? We don't have the book on marriage, okay? We, I mean, ask Brett and Natalie. Don't ask Brett and Natalie, Okay? <laughs> Rewind that. Don't put that on the website, okay? You don't, I mean, it's just, we need it, man. We need it. I want to keep going. I want to just hang there. I want to look at just real quickly four things that you see in the invitation. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, you'll never make it by 1115. Yes, I will. Four things you see every Sunday during the invitation. That the invitation is simply, do you want to get well? Number one thing that God says to everybody in this church every time we meet, He simply says, do you want to get well? And in that, he says, do you want to have eternal life? That's the greatest invitation there is, and that is to get saved. And I'm going to tell you, at a crowd this size, there's somebody in this room that does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Does not. Does not. The woman at the well tried everything she could to give her life meaning and substance five husbands and was living with a man. Went to the well at a time when she thought nobody would be there. But rut row, it was Jesus. And he said, look, you, you, you want a well? You want me to give you water that will never run dry? And, he simp- and she simply asked, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty again. Come on. You have not because you ask not. Come on. The woman at the well had the guts to ask, and Jesus put a well in her. He called the spring of living water that would never run dry. And that's eternal life, my friends. That's the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you, there's people in this room today that you've been trying everything in life, everything, right job, right location, right wife, right girlfriend, right boyfriend, right car, right truck, right hunting trip, right fishing trip, thought that lure would get it done, that real, I mean, none of that stuff's going to do None. The only thing that fits there, his name is Jesus. Only thing. And today, he's saying to you, you want to get well? You want to get well today? Get saved.
give your life to Christ. Quit fighting. Quit running. Quit pretending. Quit making a hundred on the Jesus quiz, Jesus quiz when you know that it's not real in your life. Not real. So the first thing to get well, get saved. That's out there today for somebody. He also says during invitation, do you want to get well? Because there are families that are looking for a church home. I'm going to tell you, man, you want to really feel well as a family? Find a church home. I'm not talking about a place to go to church. Can I just tell you that? There's a lot of those, probably 60, okay? That's just a guess, right? There's a lot of places to go to church. But there's one place that's home. There's just one place that's home, man. Just home. And you know it as soon as you walk in. As soon as you walk in. You know it's home. It's home church. When you walk in, it feels like home. When you walk in, you drop your walls. You, you become vulnerable. It's safe. It feels good. God speaks to me. I feel his presence. I know he's there. I need it every time. When I'm there, it's awesome. And when I'm not there, I miss it. When I walk out, I feel different because I met with the king. That's home for you. You know it's home. Today, he's simply saying to some families today, you want to get well as a family? Find a church home. When you find a church home, that's a big deal for a family, man. I always say you need three homes here on earth. Three homes, okay? You need that physical home, that church home, and that heavenly home. You got those three homes. Woo, you rich. Rich, man. I'm telling you, you rich. You're very rich. You should see my checkbook. I said, not talking about your checkbook. I'm talking about rich, man. You're rich. So if you're looking for a church home, Jesus is saying, hey, you want to get well today? If you find a church home, get in that church home, become a member of that church home. And it may not be here. We can't be the church for everybody. But I'm going to tell you, you know if it is. When you walk in, you know. And if it is, don't hesitate any longer. Just come, man. Just come get in that pool, okay? Come, come. Other thing you're going to see is during the invitation time, Jesus will simply say, do you want to get well? And we have to say yes to him. We agree with God. If God says, hey, Jeff, the greatest trap for any pastor is autopilot. Just get on autopilot. Just leave me out of it and keep doing the deal because you've done it so long, no one's ever going to know the difference. You know the difference if you've ever done it as a pastor. That's a trap that you can fall into as a pastor. If I'm in worship and God begins to remind me of that or, or speak to me in that area, I simply have to say what to God? You're right. I agree. Let me tell you, there's a lot of healing when you agree with God. Many of you can testify that there's times when you know God knows this and he's speaking into that area, but you won't let go. Can I just tell you this today? Agree with him because he's always right. He's just always right. Don't go, hey, he, he's got to have me confused with somebody. I'm, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, it's not me. It's the dude I'm sitting by. I'm, God, I'm t- you're right. He, he needs it, but I'm good. God's not confused by your location in church. If you move to a different chair, he's not confusing me with the dude who sat there last week. He still knows where you're at, okay, all right? And if he's speaking to you, you got to say, you're right, God. you got to say the obvious answer. You're right. Because I'm going to tell you, when you confess and agree with God, power starts, and he changes you, man. You 
got to agree with him. Quit disagreeing with God. You're not going to get well disagreeing with God. Can I just tell you that? You're going to stay sick. If that man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus said, you want to get well? <laughs> like, you're going to help me? I, pff, I don't need, no, I, pff, I can do this by myself. He, he knew you couldn't do that by yourself because you've been laying there 38 years waiting to get in the pool and nobody else beating you in there. That you got to agree with God. And last thing to an invitation you're going to see is you're going to get well, man. How many people in here like to get well? How many of y'all have had the flu and now you don't and that feels great? I'm going to tell you, getting well is a cool thing, man. Now, the only time getting well is not a lot of fun is like when you're in junior high and you break your arm and they put this cool cast and everybody signs it and the girls will give you all this attention. And then you're like, oh, man, I got to get my cast off. Now no one's going to sit with me. No one's going to like me. No girls like me. So that's a bummer then. But otherwise, getting well is great, okay? I mean, getting well is awesome. And you can get well when you agree with God and allow him to make you See, you didn't come this morning necessarily to church. You did, but you really came to the pool of Bethesda. And waiting here was the king. And he said, do you want to get well this morning? Do you? Because walking into this church, not going to get that done. But I can make you well. I can make you well. So, friends, Don't get caught up in the location. Don't get caught up in the building. Don't get caught up in the people or the chairs. Because that's just like making, going to McDonald's is going to make you a French fry. It won't happen. So coming to church is not going to make you a Christian, not going to make you well. You've got to ask, agree with God, and allow him to heal you. Okay? He can make you well today. Do you want to get well today? Let's pray. Father, we love you. And as we enter a time of invitation And God, I've said many times that this is not my invitation. I'm not worthy to give an invitation. Father, you're the only one that extends an invitation. You're the only one that has the power to say, do you want to get well? Father, this morning, that is what you're saying over us. You're asking each of us, do you want to get well this morning? Do you want to get well? So, Father, I pray that we each say yes, that we agree with you. For someone, it's eternal life this morning. For someone, it's finding a church home this morning. For someone, it's just agreeing with God, yes, my heart is nasty, and I haven't been able to fix it by myself, and so I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to agree with you, God, or my tongue, or whatever. But God, this morning, I pray that we want to get well and we say yes to you. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. So may we bless ourselves today by getting well. So God, during this invitation, whether you move us out of our chair or not, may we get well today. In Jesus' name, amen.